everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Gin and Beer It. I am your host, Meg. For those of you who have never listened to Gin and Beer It before, this is a podcast where I interview various different guests, sometimes myself, about a drink that means something to them for whatever reason. It can be a cocktail, a beer, a glass of wine, a non-alcoholic drink, a cup of coffee, any sort of beverage in particular. We talk about the history of that drink, why it's important to them, and fun different variations that we do like to make or would like to try out making. And this week, I am going to be covering a absolute British summer staple, which is Pims and Lemonade, or just in general, the Pims Cup. So let's get started. So I decided to choose Pims cups, Pims and Lemonade for this week's episode because to me, Pims is an absolute quintessential drink for British summertime. I completely associate summer with Pims and Pims with summer. It's probably the drink with the most seasonal association for me apart from maybe some different Christmas drinks. You know, I as soon as in April, May time every single year, as soon as the sun comes out, all I want is a glass of Pims. And because we're coming up on August and we've had a strange summer, not just because of the pandemic, but at least in London, we had some great weather in April and May, which is when great weather isn't actually particularly guaranteed in this part of the world. And then June and July have kind of been a massive disappointment in my opinion. I suppose if you have not been, if you have been off work because of the pandemic, In my opinion, maybe this is just how I felt working, but the best weather has been during the week. So even in June and July when we have had nice weather, it's been when I've been trapped inside working. So if you have had a more flexible Monday through Friday work schedule or you haven't been working, you might have enjoyed the sun a bit more than me. But for me, this summer has been super lame. It is finally starting to get better. The past couple of days, it's been gorgeous out, not too hot, lots of sun, not a lot of wind. And because of that, I thought there is still a chance yet this summer to talk about PIMS. So for any of my American listeners who aren't familiar with PIMS, when I think when the average British person just says they want a glass of PIMS, they're usually referring to PIMS and lemonade. So PIMS is a gin-based drink. I believe it can be classified as a liqueur. And it basically, because it's it's gin-based, it's got the kind of junipery taste, um, but it's also got a lot of spices to it. And it's got a lot of fruit flavors. And it is kind of a dark red color. It comes in this gorgeous bottle that with these like red and white stripes on it that looks very British to me. And it is 25%, so it's 50 proof. Um, so it's not a very a very strong drink, which is why it kind of makes for the perfect day drink. Pims and lemonade, the standard Pims beverage, is um, about, well, typically the way that I make it, it's a third of Pims and two-thirds of lemonade, which lemonade in the UK is a sparkling lemon-flavored soda. In the U.S., lemonade is basically just lemon juice, a bit of water, I believe, and lots of sugar. So when 
you hear lemonade, if you order lemonade in the UK, it means a fizzy lemon-based drink. It is very similar to Sprite and 7-Up, but it is not lemon-lime. Lemonade is just lemon, so it does taste a bit different from Sprite and 7-Up. So Pims and Lemonade, the way that I make it, the way that a lot of places make it, is a third of Pims, two-thirds of lemonade, which is just sparkling lemon beverage, and then it is filled with lots of strawberries, cucumber, oranges, lemon. It's basically whatever you have in the produce drawer of your refrigerator. And I personally think it is incredible with sprigs of mint. And then you pop it into a nice tall glass with some ice cold ice and sip it in the sun. And it is honestly the most delightful drink ever. One of my favorite drinks in the world. So to get into the history of Pims, Pims was invented by a man called Mr. James Pym in 1823. So this is one of the few drinks that's actually named after the person who invented it. He was an oyster bar owner in London. Um, And again, the formula was a gin-based elixir with bitter and spiced botanicals served in a highball, and it was known as a summer cup. At the time, it was considered a health drink that was fit with a healthy life cycle, a healthy life cycle, healthy lifestyle. And it kind of, I think, in the same way that juice cleanses and stuff would be associated now. And so the demand for the drink soared. Everyone wanted it. And it was typically topped with lemonade and ginger beer garnished with cucumber, orange, and strawberry. And like I said, a sprig of mint. And then towards the end of the 19th century, people started to drink it for fun as well as health. And so Mr. James Pym sold the rights to his name and the product to someone called Frederick Sawyer. And they basically started selling it globally. So they were selling it in India, Australia, the Caribbean, and Canada. And by 1887, there were a chain of Pym's oyster houses that basically all served Pym's. So the liqueur was branded as Pim's number one, and this is something that I actually learned in my research for this episode. You'll notice whenever you buy a bottle of Pim's that it it says Pim's number one, and that's not because they think, oh, we're the number one Pim's. There is only one Pim's um, in terms of the brand, but the reason why it's called Pim's number one is because there were, in total, six variations of Pim's that were based on a different spirit including scotch, brandy, rum, rye, and vodka. So I had no idea about this bit of history. So the different versions of Pims were Pims number one, obviously the most popular version. It's based on gin, and it is 25% alcohol by volume. So that, that is the version of Pims that we're all very familiar with. Then there was the Pims number two cup, which was based on scotch whiskey, They stopped making this. It's been since discontinued. I would absolutely sell my soul to taste a scotch-based Pims. I know that my parents would be really into that. I actually had to dig around just to see if there was perhaps some on eBay, but it looks like they stopped selling it in like the 60s or 70s, and I wasn't even able to track down like a $5,000 bottle that you can buy off of someone. So it seems pretty impossible to find I mean, I don't, I don't think that when I think of Pims, I don't really think of whiskey. So maybe it was discontinued for a good reason by virtue of the fact that it just didn't taste good. But I still would have loved to try Pims and Pims that was based from Scotch whiskey. Pims number three was based on brandy, 
and that was eventually phased out. However, there's a version infused with spices and orange peel that is marketed as Pim's Winter Cup, which is now seasonally available. I've definitely seen Pim's Winter Cup in Sainsbury's and Waitrose previously. It's always piqued my interest, but not enough to buy a bottle, but now I might have to give it a try. But it does definitely just seem like their way of staying relevant during the winter season because I would never get out Pims anytime besides the summer. It is definitely a summer-based drink. Pims number four was based on rum, another one that I would have been very eager to try. That has currently been phased out. Pims number five, in turn, was based on rye whiskey, again, phased out. And finally, Pims number six is based on vodka. They do still make it, but in very small quantities. I do find it super disappointing that of all of the versions of Pims, the only ones available are the gin-based, brandy-based, and vodka-based, because as we all know, as I've said, basically in every episode of this podcast up to this point, I'm really not a vodka fan. So I could have done with basically any of the other versions still being in existence. I also just think that this could have been quite a good tourism opportunity if they, even if they just made these different versions for the sake of like some sort of PIMS factory tour somewhere in the UK. I'm not actually sure where PIMS is manufactured now, but I think it'd be really cool if you could go visit the the, you know, Pim's distillery or whatever, and have this opportunity to try all these different variations of Pim's that might not be commercialized. I think that would have been cool. Maybe I should write a letter to Pim's, but as of now, that idea does not exist and you're only able to get the few different versions of Pim's. So those are all of the different sorts of PIMS that existed. Basically, the rest is history. It's an extremely, extremely popular drink in Britain in the summertime. The It is also, I think, one of the reasons why it's extremely popular is because it is associated with a lot of the very posh British summertime events. So the main event that I think everyone, even outside the UK, would know of and would associate PIMS with is Wimbledon. Wimbledon is the massive tennis tournament that happens every year that we don't have a global pandemic. And the first Pims Bar opened at Wimbledon in 1971. And every year, over 80,000 pints of Pims are sold to spectators. That is a ridiculous amount of Pims. But I can contest, I've never been to Wimbledon before, but I have had friends who go and they say, all you do is drink Pims in the sun all day long, which is why it is very high on my list of events in British summertime that I would like to attend. Other events that PIMS are synonymous with are Royal Ascot every year in June, the Henley Royal Regatta, which is in Henley every year, Chesterton's Polo in the Park, which is also in June. There are just a lot of, I mean, any barbecues, weddings in the summer, you can expect to find PIMS if you are in Britain. Another fun piece of history that I did not realize is that Pims, surprisingly, is really popular in New Orleans, which I have never been to New Orleans. It is very high on my list of, if I ever move back to America, places that I want to visit as soon as I go on holiday. And apparently, in New Orleans, the most popular recipe is Pims, lemonade, as in American lemonade, a splash of lemon lime soda and cucumber. They also sometimes use ginger ale. 
I I had no idea, but it also completely makes sense because the climate in New Orleans, I can absolutely imagine sitting on some balcony on Bourbon Street drinking a Pimm's would be absolutely delightful. So it's interesting. I mean, I knew about Pimm's before I moved to the UK. However, I was not exposed to just the classic Pimm's and Lemonade in America, the versions of Pim's I had had, which I am going to later get into the best Pim's cups and versions of Pim's I've ever had. But the versions of Pim's that I had had were kind of cocktails called Pim's cups. They'd, they'd typically have a real, a lot of them do use ginger beer or ginger soda, I think is why, which is one of the reasons why I enjoyed the drink so much. Because when I tried it in America, because I'm a massive ginger fan, basically anything food or drink related with a ginger flavor in it, it, I'm absolutely in love with. So I kind of dipped my toes into Pims in that sense. Um, but yeah, a lot, a lot of the Pims that I'd had in America were more kind of bespoke cocktails and variations that different bars had made. Whereas when you go to anywhere in the UK and you order a Pims, people assume that you basically mean Pims and lemonade. So I just thought that was interesting. I, do think that if I ever move back to America, it is going to be frustrating. I don't know if you can just get regular. I don't know if you can get regular lemon lemonade, basically lemon soda in America. I mean, I'm sure you can make it in a soda stream or something if you wanted, but there's just something very specific about the flavor profile that I know for a fact. I'm not a fussy person, but I know for a fact that if I made Pims and 7-Up or Pims and Sprite that it would taste different, and I think it would also be a lot sweeter than the traditional version of Pims and Lemonade. If you live in the UK, you have probably also tried or at least seen the pre-canned versions of Pims, which you can get in Sainsbury's, Waitrose, Marks and Spencer. You can basically get them anywhere. They're little what we call tinnies in the UK for any Americans listening and like, what the hell are you talking about? Tinnies are amazing. And one of the nicest thing about tinnies, apart from the fact that they are portable and you can take them anywhere is that they are obviously very consistent in the ratio of the pims to lemonade that is in them which is why I tend to think that the tins of pims are the best ratio of pims that you can find um, or that you that you can make basically because one of the things that I have found Since we have been home in lockdown in the UK, and like I said, when the weather has been good, I've made a lot of PIMS during lockdown, and I feel like I've mastered it on my end. Like I said, I typically make it a third PIMS and two-thirds lemonade with all of the garnishes and lots of ice. If you go to a pub and you order a pitcher of PIMS, I have found a lot of times you are just getting full-on lemonade with a little bit of dark red coloring in it and lots of lemons and stuff. Um, Sometimes we'll even throw some soda water in, but it is an extremely watered-down drink, which can be very, very frustrating, especially by virtue of the fact that Pimm's is already a very low-alcohol beverage. Like I said, it's only 25%, and when you make Pimm's and lemonade, it's the only alcohol that you're using, 
um, you know, I, the average gin is like 40 to 42%. So it's much, much less alcoholic than basically anything else that you would drink during the daytime. And so for a pub to water that drink down and then charge you upwards of 20 to 30 pounds for a pitcher, I have had that experience enough times that I've actually kind of stopped ordering PIMS when I'm out and about unless I'm at an event, like I said, like Royal Ascot, Wimbledon, if I ever get to go where a PIMS is just absolutely essential there. And you're also paying quite a premium to be there. So they tend to make it correctly. But if I'm just on some corner pub in the summertime, I tend to steer away from PIMS just because I've had enough bad experiences with them making it super watered down and it just doesn't taste nice and it costs a fortune. And that's not what PIMS is all about. So if you are visiting the UK, that's kind of my recommendation. Uh, If you're visiting in the summer, order it somewhere where you can tell it's you know, they specialize in it or they're going to do it well, or just go sit in the park and have a tin of PIMS. Because like I said, you really can't match the ratio in those tinnies. It's absolutely delicious. All right. So in the next segment, I am going to talk about the various places where I have had PIMS, my experiences with PIMS that has stuck with me forever. And is part of the reason why it is definitely my all-time favorite summer drink and one of my favorite drinks ever. So the first, and probably actually one of the best, is Royal Ascot. So last year I had the incredible fortune of attending Royal Ascot in the Royal Enclosure, which is the enclosure that the Queen sits in. So I got to see her do her processional and you know, bet on what color hat she was wearing and all of the amazing stuff that goes along with Royal Ascot. If you're interested in hearing more about what Royal Ascot is like, I did record a Summer in London podcast episode last summer when my podcast was not strictly drink-based and talked all about my experiences there. So definitely go check that out. Obviously, Royal Ascot didn't go ahead this year, but if you're thinking about going next year, fingers crossed when we're a bit more back to normal, I definitely recommend listening to that episode to hear more about it. But as I said earlier, PIMS is a very predominant drink for Royal Ascot. I believe they have multiple trucks outside that say, you know, it's PIMS o'clock or something like that. Um, and they basically serve it at every single bar within all of the enclosures. It is not cheap. I think a pitcher of PIMS, which probably gives you four pints of PIMS because they'll they'll give you a pitcher and then they'll give you plastic pint glasses. I think a pitcher is probably about 35 quid at Ascot. Um, so it is not cheap, but they do make it really well. I had no experiences with them watering it down. It tasted absolutely amazing in the sun, watching the horse racing. I have never felt like I honestly feel like I deserved my British passport in that moment. I was like, I'm never going to get any more British than this. So if you're at Royal Ascot, I highly recommend treating yourself to a glass of Pims. Very similarly, Polo in the Park. A couple years ago, I went to Chesterton's Polo in the Park, which is a polo match that occurs, I think, over three or four days in June. Again, of course, this unfortunately didn't happen this year. Polo in the Park. um, So Royal Ascot is an event that I personally would like to attend every single year for the remainder of the time that I am living in the UK. And if I moved back to America, I would happily come back and visit the UK in the summer just to go to Royal Ascot. I honestly, 
I love it. I love getting dressed up. I love the fact that the royal family is there. It's super bougie, but it's just, it. I really, really enjoyed it last year. Polo in the Park, I don't feel so attached to. I had a good time. I went with friends a couple years ago, but the tickets are very expensive. I think we paid about 50 quid, which doesn't include anything except for entry. And that wasn't entry into some special enclosure. That was literally just to get in the door. Um, it's also just a less classy crowd. It's a much younger crowd. So it's a lot of early twenties. Chesterton's is a estate agency in London. And so a lot of the people there are estate agents, which no offense to any of my listeners who might be estate agents, but for some reason, estate agents in the UK have a very, very specific personality and they're not necessarily the type of people that I want to spend an entire day drunken day within the sun. I have some state agent friends, so it's not everyone. But anyway, I'm digging myself into a hole here. But basically, Polo in the Park is not quite as regal as Royal Ascot is. But one of the things that was super enjoyable when I did go was having pims with my friends. Again, they serve it in pitchers. I think it was about 30 quid per pitcher. So also not cheap, but it did really enhance the experience. And it's fun just sharing a picture with your friends. And again, on the same lines, I promise this is my last like British summertime item, but the Henley Royal Regatta. So this is horse racing that occurs in Henley, which is a town not far outside of London on the Thames. It is the first week of July. So actually this year, the Saturday of Henley was going to be on the 4th of July. If all of this coronavirus stuff hadn't happened and I'd gone to Henley, it would have felt very strange doing something so British on the American Independence Day. But anyway, I digress. And again, it's a sunny day where everyone gets nice and dressed up in regatta wear and watches the boat races. And so, of course, Pims has a very prominent appearance at this event. I can't remember exactly how much the Pims cost last year, but I think it was very similar, probably about 30 quid for a pitcher. But again, getting a pitcher and sitting in the stands and watching the boat races was one of the highlights of last summer for me. And if you ever get the chance to do it, I highly recommend. Okay, so the last three items on my list are going to be um, three places that I have had PIMS or PIMS cups that have stuck with me. And these are not classic British summertime events. So I promise I'm done with those. The first one is the County Hall Marriott. So this is the hotel. It used to be the County Hall, which is why it's called the County Hall Marriott. I don't know why I just tripped over my words there. Used to be the County Hall in London. It is now a hotel and it is directly across the river from Big Ben. It sits just behind the London Eye. It's a gorgeous hotel. I've had the fortune of staying there with my family twice before I moved to the UK. And it's got a very classic British architecture. The There is a, it's called the library room. They do a bottomless booze, a bottomless Prosecco or champagne afternoon tea, which is by far my favorite afternoon tea in all of London and could very easily be its own podcast episode in and of itself. Um, But there's also a bar within, I think the restaurant's called Gilray's. And this bar is wonderful for a couple of reasons. First of all, it is a it's a gin bar, so they have like probably 30 different kinds of, of gin, which if you're a gin fan is just like a playground. 
And second of all, it has a incredible open window that just looks straight out to Big Ben. Uh, obviously, right now, Big Ben has been under construction since September of, of 2017. I think we've got at least another year to go until it's done. So the view isn't as great as it's under scaffolding. But when that's all done, I highly recommend going there as an American, just sitting in a bar, having a drink and staring across the river at Big Ben is an experience that I think everyone deserves to have at least once in their lifetime. And an ex- a particular time that I was there that sits with me is I we were staying in London. I visited London with my family in 2016 in March, about four months before I moved to the UK. And we basically planned a family trip to London so that we could scope out neighborhoods where I might be interested in getting a flat and just try to get some like pre-move admin done and also just have fun as a family and have everyone scope out where I was going to be living. And we stayed in the County Hall Marriott and the first night we were there, my mom and my two sisters were super jet lagged and my dad and I, as usual, were still just you know, going with the flow. And so we decided to go down to Gilray's and go to the bar. And I just sat with my dad and we just had a really nice chat and talked about me moving to London and just everything. It was just a nice daddy-daughter experience. But I remember I ordered a Pim's Cup. I don't have their me- – I don't think they have their men- their cocktail menu online. So I don't know exactly what was in it. I do think I remember it having some sort of ginger beer in it. It was The garnish was gorgeous. It had huge strawberries and mint sprigs. And it was just a beautiful drink that I'm sure I have a picture of somewhere. And I just remember sitting – drinking that Pimm's cup and just staring at Big Ben. And it was just very much an I've made it moment because I knew that in a few short months I'd be moving to London and this would be the sort of thing, um, not that I go to to Gilray's on a regular basis because it's kind of a special occasion type place, but just knowing that that was going to be my future was a really nice feeling. Also, that was an evening in March and it was a experience with a Pimm's that sat with me. So I guess I kind of eat my words where I said before that Pims is a summer only drink. I definitely think that you can enjoy Pims even if it's not summer weather, if you are so inclined. My next experience, I actually think was the first ever time that I've, I had Pims. I'm almost positive. And this was at Disney World's Polynesian Resort, which is in the Magic Kingdom section of the resorts. The Polynesian is arguably my favorite resort in Disney. Again, I'm sure there will be low Drinking in Disney is... Basically, you go to Disney as a kid and you think it's never going to get better than Disney as a kid. And then when you can legally drink there, it's like being a kid all over again. Drinking in Disney World is amazing. So I could do several episodes, and I'm sure I eventually will, about where to drink in Disney. But I do remember the last time that I went to Disney with my family, we were in the Polynesian having drinks. We were about to get the monorail over to the Magic Kingdom to go for the last couple hours that they were open. And we went up to the bar and I saw Pim's on the menu. And I don't know what exactly about it struck me. Again, I don't know exactly what they put in their Pim's cup. It probably was some sort of ginger beer or ginger ale, because like I said, if something has ginger in it on a menu, I tend to just order it immediately. But I remember ordering it and then tasting it and just turning to my dad and being like, this is the best thing I've ever had. And so that definitely put Pim's on my radar. And at the time, I didn't even realize that 
Pims was this prominent British drink. I was drinking it in a Polynesian resort. I wasn't even drinking it in like the UK pavilion in Epcot. So I had no idea that it was this, you know, quintessential British beverage, which I feel like is kind of foreshadowing at the fact that I was just born British in another life and didn't realize it because I've just loved everything about Pims ever since I first tried it. And finally, the last memorable PIMS for me was at a speakeasy in New York called Pegu Club. So I went to New York for my 21st birthday with my parents, which was hands down probably the best trip I've ever been on in my life. It was amazing. And on my 21st birthday, we went to a Yankees game And we then went to afterwards to a speakeasy called Pegu Club in Greenwich Village in Manhattan, which was recommended to us by a good family friend, Dave, who knows his stuff when it comes to New York and bars. And one of my favorite memories about going to Pegu Club was that I was so frustrated. I was the last person of all of my friends to turn 21 because my birthday is in the end of August and just with the way that birthdays are handled in the U.S. with the schooling system, I was basically the absolute last of all of my friends to turn 21. So I finally turned 21 and I went to New York and the entire day of my 21st birthday, we went to so many restaurants, we went to so many bars, we went to a Yankees game and no one ever carded me. Everyone just served me. It must have been because I was with my parents. But the one day that you want to get carded because you want to be like, look at me, I'm 21st and it's my birthday. No one was carding me. And I was so frustrated. And then if they did card me, they wouldn't notice, oh, hey, it's actually her birthday today. So we went to the Yankees game and had an amazing time. And then we finally went to this Pegu club at the recommendation of a friend. And like I said, it's a speakeasy. You kind of knock on the secret door and then you go up these stairs and there was a bouncer there and he carded me and he did notice and he was like, oh, happy birthday. And that made me really happy because it was basically the last drink that we went for that day and it, I finally got carded. But anyway, so we go upstairs and it's this, it's very classic New York, very moody, very dark, loud music, lots of couples in the corner making out, which is a bit awkward when you're with your parents, but we sat down And they have an incredible cocktail menu and they have like custom monogrammed napkins with Pegu Club on them. And it was just a really, really cool vibe. And I saw a Pim's Cup on the menu again. I don't know the specific recipe that they used. I'm guessing it involved some sort of bespoke ginger beer or something because this was the sort of cocktail bar where they would make all of their own ingredients. But I do remember it tasting fucking amazing. And it was just a great cap off to my 21st birthday. And I was supposed to go to New York this year with my boyfriend, take him for the first time. And we weren't able to go because of the pandemic. So I really look forward sometime in the future to when I can go to Pegu Club and have another one of their Pims Cups. So those are the Pims variations that I have had that I have really enjoyed in different places all over the world. If you've never had a PIMS before, especially if you live in America and you're not sure where to even get it, I know that Binnie's definitely has PIMS and it's really not that expensive. So if it's something that you're willing to try, I would highly recommend going and picking some up and drinking some in the summer while the weather is still really nice. Speaking of PIMS variations, there is a variation. Like I said, 
Pims is like Pims and lemonade or a Pims cup is kind of something that's just made to preference. So, you know, how much Pims you use and how much lemonade you use, like everyone's is going to kind of be different, but there are variations um, for how you use Pims. And one of the ones that I found that sounded the most intriguing to me was the Pims Royal Cup, which is actually Pims, number one, obviously, and champagne instead of lemonade, which sounds A, bougie, and B, lethal, because replacing all of that lemonade with champagne suddenly makes the drink a lot boozier. But I don't know. I'm kind of thinking my birthday this year. I might need to whip out some Pims and champagne because that sounds incredible. All right, so that is basically my overview of PIMS. I hope you guys have enjoyed. I hope that if it is nice weather wherever you are that you finish this podcast and you go off and make yourself a PIMS and lemonade or PIMS and Sprite or PIMS and ginger beer or whatever and add loads of delicious strawberries and just soak up the moment because that is what PIMS is all about. I really appreciate you guys listening. So far, the feedback about the kind of new theme, new concept to gin and beer. It has been really positive and I really appreciate that. I've even had some friends say that this was the obvious premise at all time, the, the whole time. How did none of us even think of it? And I felt the same way. So I'm really excited that you guys are enjoying the new format as much as I am. I'm looking forward to doing more episodes and having more of you guys on as guests. So if you are passionate about any drink whatsoever or just drinking or even a certain bar or restaurant, anything drink beverage related, I would love to have you on the show. So please reach out. You can reach out to me on the website, www.ginandbeeritshow.com, email ginandbeeritshow at gmail.com, Twitter at ginandbeeritpod, Instagram at ginandbeeritshow, which is where every Thursday I post a Thirsty Thursday tutorial on how to make various cocktails on my Instagram TV. So please go check that out. Like, rate, subscribe, tell your friends. You guys know the deal. Again, thank you so much for listening and we will catch you next week.